Hello and welcome to another episode of More Than Beauty with Daniel Mason Jones. In today's podcast, I'm going to introduce you to someone that has touched my life in so many incredible ways. It's amazing the people that we come in contact with in our careers and industry. One of the main reasons that I titled my podcast More Than Beauty is because for me, it's so much more than what I do behind the chair as an artist. Today, I'm going to introduce you to someone that is truly leading the way, not only in her company, but also creating education systems all across the world to enhance the lives of others. So today, I'm going to welcome my dear friend, Emily Richardson. Hello, Emily. Hi, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a little nervous, but uh, <laughs> comfortable because it's you. I would say, do not be nervous with me ever. What an honor to have you here. There's so many things that are going on in your life. Uh, you and I are definitely have been in contact so many times this year uh, for numerous reasons to, uh, to support each other, to grow each other, to encourage each other. And uh, you have so much to offer. And I was trying to think back to how many years it has been since we actually met. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think it's been about five or six years now. Um, you came and taught your amazing program at my, uh, salon company in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, the, uh, make money, not excuses program. I remember uh, that. Do you remember when I picked you up from the airport? <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you came to pick me up that morning. I was nervous. It's always interesting when, when you meet somebody for the first time and you're in the car. <laughs> There's my husband. y'all. Hi. <laughs> So Emily and I, we're, we're on our days off, which is rare for both of us to have this opportunity and we're recording from our home. So anything that happens in any of my podcasts are not edited, it's real time. There's a five-year-old just heads up. You might hear somebody banging on the door. So I pre-apologize for that. Welcome to 2020. For those of you that may wonder uh, while we're speaking like this, there's, we also, all the podcasts that are recorded also go over to YouTube. So um, that's why we're talking about what's happening in real time. So Emily, what exciting things are going on for you right now? Oh my gosh. So um, really it's owning a company during COVID, a salon and spa business. Mm -hmm. um, I also work as a summit consultant. I'm a spa specialty consultant. Uh, so that has been an incredible adventure and journey. Um, I've been with them now going on almost coming up on two years, 18 months, somewhere around in there. And then uh, doing virtual school for a kindergartner at home. Mm, so fun. Um, <laughs> and you name it. I mean, there's so much going on in my life right now, but uh, I, having you as a friend has just really helped me and changed me over the years. Um, we were talking about how we knew each other. Um, and we can just jump in if you're ready. You tell me. Always ready for everything to, cause I think it's where it got me to my journey. Um, I can tell you with my salon company, uh, we really have been through bad to an amazing place now. And I'm very free about talking about that and admitting it. We had a lot of financial troubles. We had a lot of, um, leadership troubles. We had a lot of, um, resentment and we were just running our company in a really horrible way. And um, I kind of realized at some point along the way through listening to you and to other people that <clears throat> the reason my company wasn't doing well was because of me. And that's a really tough pill to swallow and to have that vulnerability to kind of admit to everybody, 
I was the issue. Mm. And I started diving into figuring out how I could fix that. Interesting. Let me ask you. So when you were in that, that space, now you're clearly aware of where you were. When you were in it, did you realize the company was that bad and maybe the leadership was actually suffering? Or did you feel yeah. things were okay at the time? I didn't feel like things were okay, but I was so focused on myself. Mm. I knew I was very unhappy. Um, and there was a lot of blame going on. There was a lot of the company is not successful because the staff, they're terrible. They're not listening. They're not selling retail. They're not doing this. They're not trying. There was a lot of just total, I was not aware of anything that was going on. And I just remember waking up every day and being very unhappy, but I had kind of felt that since I was a child and it was something that I carried with me my entire life. And, uh, it was through the class in New York, which was kind of, I think where we really probably got the closest. We definitely Um, connected there. Yeah. I know that's jumping ahead a little bit, but, um, no, I was not aware of, of what was going on. I just knew that things were not working and I was very unhappy, um, had headaches a lot, was just, uh, bad relationships with everybody in my life at the time. Isn't it funny how sometimes, you know, it seems like you'll, you'll meet people and they feel like they have a black cloud over them all the time. And you look at them from the outside, like, this is an amazing person. How could, how could someone so great that seems to have everything together from the appearance on the outside have so much chaos and turmoil? And would you say, because it's fair for all of us to say that we've been there, would you say that um, you had to have a conversation with yourself that was bigger and say, hey, you know what, for me, in order to make change, I've got to change myself? I think I started becoming aware of that just as it was really honestly when I first, our company really kind of dove into Summit and I started listening to some of their audios and information Mm -hmm. and there was awareness that started happening at that point. But for me, there was something in there deep down that was causing all this angst. Part of my history, I don't talk about this openly a lot, but part of my history Um, was trying to figure out who I was. And when I was trying to figure out who I was, because I have these amazing women in my family, a mom and a grandma that are, and then sisters that are just like, they're just successful, amazing women. And I never felt like I was enough. So part of my journey um, dove into drugs, trying to figure Mm. out who I was. Something that I would never imagine about you. Yeah, it was a long journey. It was from about 19 till about 26 years old, um, on and off with that and um, never happy doing it. I, I would not consider that I was like an addict or anything like that, but I definitely think that I was trying to find myself mm-hmm. and come to find out it's because I was trying to numb what was going on in here. And I started this, I came and worked for my mom at Bella Trio. Yes. That's our salon company in Durham. Which is absolutely beautiful and so huge, by the way. (laughs) Well, and that's another funny thing from the outside. It looked like we were extremely successful. Mm -hmm. Here's this massive company. We're almost 8,000 square feet, um, tons of employees. It's always busy. But the truth on the bottom underneath side is that it was mess. Yeah. 
And it's really easy for people to think that you have everything together. It's easy to show up to work and smile every day and, um, you know, be that person. But the reality was, was not good. And that can only continue for so long. And I know out there in the beauty industry and in other industries, restaurants, um, boutiques, retail, doctor's offices. I mean, it can go on and on. I know this story is happening out there for other people. And that was really the main reason why I wanted to come on and talk is to say, here's my story. I'm going to be vulnerable about this. And if it touches anybody to make changes and to open themselves up, then I've done what I wanted to do. I love that. I think I'm in my mind right now, I'm thinking the title of this podcast immediately is going to be titled you are enough. And for, for me and for you and the room that we had in New York in that class was so absolutely, it was transformative. I have no other word for that. I remember uh, Sunday, what we, Jessica and I, as we were teaching the class, I remember we were trying to put together the, the notes for the class and we couldn't do it. And um, she and I both are so observant of energy and people. We were like, you know, let's just go in with pure intention of serving them. We have lots of information. We knew that we'd be able to create a content on demand. And as the class started to unfold that Sunday, um, I remember you that Sunday very vividly having a complete and utter breakthrough in that class. And it, you changed my life in that moment. And it was funny because there I was hired to be the teacher and ended up being a student in that portion. And to your point, so many people, people that are listening to this podcast right now have maybe right now or maybe in the future and absolutely in the past have felt that they're not enough and that they're not maybe smart enough or they don't have everything they need to become the success uh, leader, the successful person they want to be, whatever that looks like for them. And I'm here to tell you, you are enough. So uh, what was it like in that moment uh, that I personally got to witness with you? What was that like? I'll be honest. I don't even really remember what I said. I knew that there just was this energy in that room that felt very safe and very open and very loving. And my mom was in the class with me, um, which I think kind of brought some of this on was just the fact that she was there. And uh, I stood up in front of the room and just literally dumped my heart out in front of everybody and let go. It was almost like literally hundreds of pounds of just you unpacked. Yes. Had been on top of me my entire life. I felt it lift off and I was able to do this stuff in front of my mom, which, you know, we all are so worried about making sure that our parents are proud of us, but we also don't want them to think that anything that they did Mm -hmm. caused us to feel this way. Right. And I was able to just unleash everything and let everything go and admit that my whole life, I've never felt like I was enough. Right. And I was scared of not being enough because I didn't want to feel that way. And my mom would not be happy or proud of me. It was Mm -hmm. just this, I had done it to myself. My mom was the most amazing mother in the entire she, world. She's a pretty remarkable lady. And I remember to your point, I remember sitting left-hand side of that stage in the room as you were basically just giving us this moment of, of vulnerability. And it was such a powerful moment. And I remember looking at your mom 
And she, uh, she had tears in her eyes, but she also was smiling and it, it was a beautiful breakthrough. And I can actually scan in my mind, the entire room in this very moment, um, of the responses. And, and it wasn't just you that had a crazy breakthrough that day. There were people, um, and if you're listening, you're like, what is this breakthrough they're talking about? This was no ordinary class. This wasn't, and for me as a, an educator, when I speak and teach a class, I'm putting my entire heart and soul into it. It's not something that was put up on a, a bullet point that I'm just reciting that I heard from somebody else. This is like true conviction. And um, when breakthroughs like this happen in those pro programs, it's powerful. You know, you had a breakthrough. I interviewed Christine Fitzpatrick on a, our previous episode here. She had a massive breakthrough. Um, Holly Haskins, which will come on to the interview. Um, so many people, Kim, that's going to come on. The bond that we all formed in that room was so crazy and powerful. So I'm going to twist this on you a little bit and ask you, because that was my experience and it was unbelievable and incredible. And I can tell you what happened to me in that room. I only can pray and hope and wish that everybody has an experience like that. Cause I have spent every day since then happy, enlightened, aware, stronger. And I mean, I just, it's life is just wonderful. I don't have all the money in the world. I don't have all the stuff in the world. I, you know, there's issues. That doesn't bring happiness, by the way. But I'm so purely happy. Mm -hmm. How can we create that space? And how can other people create that space like that, Daniel, that allowed something like that to happen in their companies? Look you at know, me turning into the interviewer. Whoops. No, I love it. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're a consultant. It's, it's great. I, I love a good question. Uh, for me, inside of our company, we had to really iterate this year the power of communication and that you, you would never be able to over-communicate in a situation, even if you thought that you were being redundant with some of the information. People are in emotional states right now, and we're looking for people that have clear messages and certain sounds to their voice. You know, I said in one of our team celebrations in our own company, I was like, I don't want you to raise your voice. I want you to raise your words. You know, when you change the words that you're using, you're going to change the environment around you. And so I wanted them to have that safe space. We have one-on-one -on -one evaluations inside of our company, and they don't always gather around numbers. Numbers are important, of course. I have a, I have a company, my rent is $17,000 a month. You know, there's a lot of things that I need to do to keep my company afloat. Our payroll sometimes is upwards of 150, 170,000 um, every two weeks. You can't pay those numbers if you don't have a company. It is real numbers. However, you have to be a real human and understand that the people that are working around you, um, that they, they have anxieties, they have fears. Someone, you, you could be born the most bright light in this world. And when society starts to attack you that you're not good enough, or they don't think that you're smart enough, or you speak with a certain accent or dialect, or maybe you wear a different brand of clothes and they think that you should wear, or you live on the other side of the track, so to speak, you start to grab the dimmer on that light and you start to turn your light down. And God forbid, some people even turn their lights out. We've, we've, I did a podcast about this recently too, about suicide here in the United States. People should never have the power over you to help you turn down your light. That light that you were given inside of you, whatever you believe that's bigger than you, your greater faith, your greater vision, 
you need to hang on to that and let people know that you come from a safe place and that they can come to you with whatever problem or challenge they have and make them feel safe. That is one thing I know that I have grown as a leader as we opened our company. We're 15 years old, 15 and a half years old now. I didn't have this wisdom when I first started. In fact, I didn't even want to own a salon. It just happened. And so here we are now with this company with a lot of people that I'm responsible for, just like you. And so it's like we have to create safe spaces. Don't you agree, though, that in order to do that, you really have to come to terms with your own crap? Mm. Basically, you have to come to terms like I wasn't ready to be the leader that I am now until I had that moment in that class. So as the leaders, we have to do the work. We have to do the hold the mirror up and look at what's going on and be able to be really content and happy with who we are as people in order to do that and provide that safe space for other people. Because if you're spending any moment in those one-on-one times or even in a group and you're spending any of that moment not connecting and not listening and you're thinking about your own stuff that's going on in your head, then that's not a safe space. And they can feel that. Yeah, they can. And I think that was what was so beautiful about that moment in that class is I think everybody just listened. Yeah. It It didn't matter what I was saying. No, we loved it. We grabbed every word of what you said. Everybody just listened. And I think I've learned that lately is just to sit and listen. Before I was so worried about the numbers. I was so worried about them being successful, mm-hmm. but it was what I wanted, yes. not what they wanted. And that was my biggest problem is that I needed them to be successful. So the company would be successful. Mm-hmm. That's not leadership. That's that's a boss. Yeah, that's a boss. That's selfishness. That is my own personal gain. And the funny thing is, is that our company was failing. And the moment we let that down and I was able to open myself up to realize that the happiness of my staff was the number one priority. We literally grew by over 30% that year. And we're not talking about small numbers. We're (laughs) talking about big large company this is big yeah yeah i mean we're we're just shy like we're right now we're about mid 50s with number of staff members so we're a large company two locations but when we changed that and i really just stopped and started listening to them that organic growth happened yeah that's that's everything any any reasonable person would understand that listening even in our homes with our spouses that's huge our children what what cues are they giving us are we listening are we are we waiting to discipline them they may be telling us something really big so learning the power of listening because also in that moment where at whatever time in our life that we felt that we weren't good enough um it could have been because somebody didn't listen to us Then I take it one step further. And this goes back to how I kept feeling like I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. Before I was always like, I'm not enough to lead this company. I'm not enough to make this company successful. And that's truth. I'm not enough to do that. We have to do that as a company together. And I also, I could be the best leader out there. And if my team is not equally as strong, 
we're yeah. still not going to be successful and vice versa. You can have an incredible team and a terrible leader and it won't kind of, it won't work out that way. Teams, you know, with, with sports, you've had great players. And if you don't have a great coach, it doesn't matter. They're not going to be able to do their, their full potential or if they don't give you the gameplay or the, how it's going to work out, it doesn't matter. And you have to step into that whole thing. It's so true. You have to empower your people. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that I can't do this on my own. They can't do this on their own. And the responsibility doesn't just fall on me. Correct. That's too much pressure on somebody. And you have to allow that thing to happen where you give them trust, you give them responsibility and you give them praise and success and constructive criticism when it doesn't go right. Mm-hmm. But the ability to mess up. Yeah. They have because to have we mess up, we learn. To fail forward. You know, we've heard it time and time again to fail forward. It's it's so big to do that. When we empower people to join us on the journey is where the true magic happens. You know, when again, when we first started our company, I thought that we were the ones that had to handle everything. What we come to find out was the people that worked in our organization, they wanted additional roles in the company. They wanted to help the progress of the company. They wanted to help move it forward. And uh, so we started delegating those things. And now there are so many people in so many roles and to watch the leadership inside of our company. And here's the cool thing, Emily, and I know you and I are parallel when it comes to, we are. Um, When a guest comes into our companies, they should not even know who the owner of the company is because everybody that works in that company should have such a role in leadership that it doesn't matter who's paying the bottom line. That's big. That was a huge learn for me. You know, it doesn't matter if you graduated beauty school last week, you were just as vital as anyone else in that company. We all have to be the face together. Yeah. There, you know, I, you get this, oh, you need to have your picture up here. You need to be like, you're the face of Bella Trio. And I'm like, no, I, I'm not. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Cause that doesn't work for a company like ours. Yeah. We all have to feel this together and we have to like anybody that greets a guest at my front door, I want them to greet them with the confidence of an owner, because honestly, they're a part owner of our company. Absolutely. Let's dissect this. This is somewhere I wasn't planning on going at all, but I'm going to go there just because that's how my brain works. Okay. So many times people that work in our industry, and I know we have all types of industries listening, but people that work in our industry have this misconception that they don't work for themselves if they're under an umbrella of other leadership. And I could not disagree more with that statement because if you are someone that works in sales in any capacity, I I won't say you're your own boss because I hate that word and I hate that phrase, but you are in essence in charge of your own revenue, the hours that you work, how hard the add-on experiences that you offer, you are the one in charge of that. If, you know, for us, we understand the numbers 18 to 22,000 is the average in the beauty industry. We have people in our company that are doing a million a year. We have people that are doing 200,000, 300,000 a year. They work very little hours, which is the crazier part, but they know how to work while they're there because they understand that they're in control of their destiny. Mm-hmm. I agree hundred percent. And you can have the most beautiful salon company. Mm-hmm. You can have the most beautiful restaurant. 
but only that person, that stylist, that waiter, that bartender, they control the experience that happens around them. So that has to be something that you learn to teach Mm -hmm. and something that you learn to um, listen and understand where people are struggling with that and be present in your business and be present with your staff to know when somebody's going off course, because you can't control the way they're going to act. You can only, or the way that they're going to give the experience, you can only guide them and help them see what is going to make them successful. That's 100% correct. So going back to, I, I can't, I'm just what you we said. We went in a totally different direction, but that's no, okay. That. Um, going back to you are enough. It, well, it, it all ties together. So the people that you are enough, what would you say to somebody right now that's listening? Because I assure you someone's listening. In fact, I pulled the, uh, the stats this morning. This is still a new podcast. And I'm curious as to where people are coming from. And as I'm gathering that information, I'm blown away. Um, we're in Algeria. We are in Australia. We're in Russia. We're all over Europe. Um, Ireland has tons of downloads, UK. So um, it doesn't matter where we are in the world across this wonderful globe. Somebody right now is not feeling enough. Maybe they're scared to put themselves out on social media because they're fearful of how people might perceive them or their message that they want to share. Maybe it's they're scared to ask someone to marry them or whatever that is. What would you say to them, Emily? Oh, that's so much. Um, I take it back to that breakthrough moment. And what I did in that moment was I went back and I thought about those moments in my life that made me feel that way. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to do. And I, not that many people can do it on their own. I encourage therapy, um, talking to somebody to go back and explore and figure out what was it that happened? What caused you at some moment in your life? I know I've heard your story before, Daniel, with your, your situation on the bus. bus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and for me, mine, this is actually really funny. um, Mine was in the third grade. I can't spell. I'm a horrible speller. (laughs) And I cheated on a um, spelling test in the third grade and I got caught and I had to go and take it home to my mom to sign. So what did I do? I forged her signature. Oh gosh. (laughs) I really got caught like big time. Um, And that was the first time that I think I saw true disappointment in my mom. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, that moment, it just literally crushed me. And I remember that moment very specifically. I didn't bring that up in the breakthrough, but what spiraled from that is shortly after that, I um, started having health problems. Um, I have something called PCOS. Mm -hmm. And so I spent my entire life with migraines, with pain, uh, female issues, things like that. And being told at 16, you're never going to have kids. You're never going to have a healthy life and you're never going to be skinny. So yeah, that's great to tell a 16 year old. (laughs) And I lived with that for so many years and all of this just compounding on each other. And I I know this now because I've literally gone back through my life step by step. Mm-hmm. And those moments when I feel like I'm not enough, I go, when have I felt this before? Yes. Oh, when was that? And you just have to stop and think and go, 
what moment, like I'll close my eyes and I'll go, okay, what moment did I feel like this? And whatever pops into my head, those are those moments. Mm -hmm. And you have to go back and you have to forgive it. You do. And you have to move past it. But you also have to understand that it was there for a reason in your life. Absolutely. And it created something in you. But unfortunately, at this point, if you're feeling not enough, you're still stuck on the negative side of it. Mm -hmm. So we got to let that go. So if you're feeling like you're not enough, like if you can't ask that person to marry you or you can't put your application in for that promotion or I don't know, start double booking for the first time in the chair, all these major things that I encourage. Yeah. I encourage everyone to look in their past and forgive those moments where you messed up, Mm -hmm. whether it was drugs or alcohol or whatever it was with the bad grades or not cleaning your room. I mean, whatever (laughs) it was back there, forgive those moments and see that. Guess what? you're still here. You survived it. You are a survivor. It didn't take you down. Exactly. And go with that and start realizing that every single one of us, we are enough. Look, I'm not the most beautiful. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the funniest. I know all of these things about myself, but at this moment in my life, I know that I can do anything I want because I let go of that. Like the fact that I'm allowing myself to be on a screen with someone like you that I have just looked up to for years. And I'm, I, before I would have been like, I'm too fat. I'm too ugly. My voice is horrible. All these things that we see, like I could never be on camera. I could never do anything like this. I mean, okay. More than five people are going to see this. Yeah, no, mm -mm, I'm out, but I don't feel that anymore. I, it's so crazy. It's amazing to me that you see and feel and hear all those things about yourself that are so not true. Um, and, but we all, I think a lot of us feel the same way. You know, there have been times that even speaking on stage, I have a huge event coming up this weekend and, um, I'm anxious and it's, it's a territory that I'm unfamiliar with. Um, but I'm fine with it. It's going to be a learning experience. I'm sure I'll meet somebody really cool that grounds me on the days of, but, um, we've, we've all been there. It doesn't matter. You know, when people say to me like, oh, you're such a confident speaker when you're on stage, it doesn't matter if the crowd's 50 or 4,000, I am always nervous. And when I walk out, I, I have to like, take a deep breath. I know what I have to get my mind to do, what that feels like for me. And I, I tried all the things about focusing on someone in the audience or none of that stuff works for me at all. And I have to focus on, I have a message. I've been gifted this talent that I have. I'm aware of my talent that I have and I have to share it. And everybody that's listening or viewing this, you also have a talent that's unique to you. No one else has what you have. You may even have copycats that try to copy you, but there's only one you. So that's very powerful. I absolutely just love that. And for me, the power of breathing and breath has been really impactful for me in those situations. And with the moments where I feel like I'm not enough, Mm -hmm. I've really learned through a little bit of meditation, um, connecting with my feelings. And that may go on a level that some people are like, ah, I don't know about that, but to each their own. 
Yeah, to be able to take in the breath and take the pause in the moment and then to let it out. It's in so many practices. It's in yoga, it's in dance, it's in sports. That that just simple breath gives the mind a pause Mm -hmm. and a distraction because you can feel it and it'll take you out of that tailspin that's going on in your head. Yeah. So when I have those moments where I'm like, I can't do this. I will now just stop and breathe. Mm-hmm. And I find around me somewhere, some good energy. Yes. I can feel somebody somewhere has some calmness to them. Like I'm scared of flying. <laughs> That's what I was exactly <laughs> thinking. <of. laughs> so, I had to fly recently and I literally sat on the plane and I closed my eyes and I literally went seat by seat in my head until I felt somebody's energy. I know we're getting kind of crazy here, but it is what it is for me. I felt somebody's energy that was super just chill and calm. And they were just blissfully sitting there. And I literally sat and I said, I breathe in the calm, mm-hmm. breathe out the fear. Yes. Breathe in the calm, breathe out the fear. And that would last me for a little while. And then the plane would bounce. Oh, and, and I'd immediately go, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Oh my God. Now you're sucking the mask in your face, in your mouth. <laughs> or you're looking out the window like, okay, where's the ground? Is the ground there? Okay. Are exactly. we where's this news story going to end up? Like, oh <laughs> yeah, those are all normal things. And I, I love that you and I share that same fear together of flying. And, and I wish I could tell you that it gets better. I, I can't tell you how many flights now that I have flown. Um, in the thousands, I would imagine at this point, and I still have that. And you do have to find moments. I, I met a gentleman this this year. It was on one of my last flights from San Diego, and he um, he what a powerful businessman. I'm, we will definitely be interviewing him on a podcast. But he um, he also has a podcast, and he was talking about tapping. And he he told me this whole procedure. You have to Google it and see what it is. It sounded weird, but he made me do it right there in my seat on the airplane and it instantly worked. I was like, oh my goodness. It literally was like changing mind over matter and, uh, but powerful. I do my toes. I wiggle my toes. <laughs> you and to I also something. have learned this point here. What is this? One of your chakra points. I said the person beside me probably thought I was bonkers, but I don't care. And I literally just tapped right here on my sternum mm-hmm. while I was breathing. That's, I had no problem on this last flight. That's one of the tapping uh, mechanisms, which yeah. is funny. Yeah, you have to, whether it's prayer, meditation, I, I've flown beside people that are um, praying rosary beside me. I've, I've had, I think I've seen it all over the years. Um, you have to find your way. And to your point, tying this all up right now, um, if we judge people for how they even deal with stress, we're basically telling someone that they're not enough in their own way. So we have to be careful when we judge other people because we never know what mental state they're in and we need everyone around us to know that they are indeed enough. Emily, I could go on hours and hours with you. I'm pretty sure you and I together could heal the world and make it a better and most definitely a happier place. I treasure your friendship. I thank you for taking the time with me today to share with all the listeners and viewers. Um, any closing words or thoughts? I think the simplest thing I can say to everybody out there is you are enough. Mm, 
So powerful. Emily, thank you so much. To all of our viewers and listeners, thank you for taking time out of your day to spend with us. Hopefully you're walking away feeling encouraged, inspired. Thank you for joining us for another episode of More Than Beauty. And we will meet up with you on the next episode. 